And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, he said, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, you know or you should know that without faith it's impossible to please God, right? You can't, you can't get saved without faith. The Bible says, for by grace we've been saved through faith. You really can't receive anything from God apart from faith. But you need to realize when you're dealing with the subject of faith, there are principles of faith and there's the spirit of faith. Principles of faith and the spirit of faith. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. The principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. You need to understand that. The principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. And we'll say more about that in just a moment. But the principles of faith are taught. Notice Mark the fifth chapter. Go there if you would. Because in Mark the fifth chapter, what you have there is you have the principles of faith encapsulated in just a few verses of Scripture. Uh, notice in verse 25, Mark 5, 25. It said a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather grew worse. Now, you know, I believe in good hospitals and good doctors and good medicine. But I also believe that uh, we ought to turn to God before we turn to the doctors. You know, uh, I believe the doctors are there by the grace and hand of God. Thank God for them. But I see too many folks turn to the doctors right first thing. Let's turn to God first and then use the doctors as necessary, you see. And I believe in good doctors and hospitals and medicines. I've used them and and will use them as I would need. There's nothing wrong. I believe that God provided them for us. But... uh, This woman was bleeding for 12 years. Now, I wouldn't want to bleed for 12 seconds. She bleed 12 years. She had a flow of blood. And just imagine, every time she'd sit down, she'd be sitting in a pool of blood. Think about that. Lay down to sleep, wake up in a pool of blood. Couldn't go out in the public. It was against the law for her to go out in the public. You see, it's a bad thing. And 12 years. And she'd gone to the doctor. She'd spent everything that she had. And, uh, you know, the medical industry was expensive back there then too, wasn't it, I suppose. And uh, spent all that she had. Out of money. And she wasn't getting any better. She's getting worse. And notice now the principles of faith. When she heard about Jesus. Remember the Bible says faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. So she heard the word. She heard about the word, didn't she? And when you hear the word, one of two things either going to happen. You're either going to believe it or you're not. Is that right? So she heard the word. She heard about Jesus. He's healing people. Healing powers there. She heard of him. And she believed 
And the reason I know that she believed is because, notice it says in verse 27, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. People that believe, there's action. There's action. And there's there's speaking. Notice, she heard about Jesus, came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, notice she said something, if only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. So when people hear the word of God, remember faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word, you're either going to believe it or not. When you hear the word of God, remember this. Jesus said when you hear the word of God that Satan comes immediately. Is that right? So when you hear the word of God, you're either going to believe it or you're going to let Satan steal it from you, one or the other. This lady heard the word of God. She believed it. How do I know she believed it? Because she said something and she did something. She said, what'd she say? She said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And one of the other gospel accounts, when you read this story, it implies and shows very clearly, she didn't say it just one time. She was saying it again and again. And then she did something. See, if you really believe God, there's going to be action. That goes with your faith. Is that right? And so she heard. So the principles of faith summed up as simply as I can make them is this. You hear the word of God. You believe it. Then if you believe it, you're going to what? You're going to speak it and you're going to act on it. And that's the principles of, principles of faith summed up as simply as I can make it right there. And notice in verse 29 what happened immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Notice something else I'll just throw in here. When you're dealing with, in the subject of faith and you're dealing with healing and so forth, and just in any area where you're using faith, notice that the feeling comes after the faith, not before. There's so many people want to feel it, then they'll believe it. No, when you're, Bible faith... You, you, you hear the word, you believe it, you act on it, and then, and then afterwards, the feeling comes. Again, too many people want to feel something, see something, or what, whatever, you know. If I see it, then I'll believe it. If I can feel it, then I'll believe it. No, the Bible says that faith is the substance, substance of things, what? Hope for, the evidence of things not seed or not not perceived by the physical senses you see so this lady heard the word she believed it she acted on it she said something and and notice immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and then she felt in her body she was healed of the affliction isn't that wonderful is that wonderful 12 years of bleeding now it's all over and then skip down for the sake of time to verse 34 and jesus said to her daughter your what your Faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now you also need to realize as you study Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. That when people received healing from Jesus. The majority of the time. It was their faith that got the job done. It was his power but their faith. You need to understand that. Do you realize that? It was their faith. The Bible 
draws attention to that again and again. So this lady enacted the principles of faith and she received her healing from God. So remember though, the principles of faith are taught, but the spirit of faith is what? Is caught. Say this, say, say the principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. Boy, you guys are, you're going to fail the test. Let's do that again. The principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. Did we get that right that time? Let's do it one more time. The principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. Now the principles of faith are taught. Now how do you, you know, how do you, how do you get the principles of faith? By listening to somebody like me teach them to you. You understand that? But the spirit of faith, how do you catch a spirit of faith? Well, the same way you'd catch a cold, hang around somebody that's got a cold. So if you want the spirit of faith, you gotta hang around somebody that's got the spirit of faith. Do you get what I just said? Now that was worth coming to church just to get that right there. The principles of faith are taught, but yet there's a spirit of faith, and the spirit of faith is caught. If you want a spirit of faith, you need to hang around people that have a spirit of faith and let that spirit of faith jump off on you. What do you say? Now, I want to spend the rest of this time just looking at some people in the Bible who have a spirit of faith. Notice in Mark, the 10th chapter, let's go there in the 46th verse. Mark 10, 46, turn there if you would. Mark 10, 46. If you want to have a spirit of faith about you, you need to hang around people that have it. How many of you, you've ever hung around somebody that was down in the mully grubs, down in the dumps? Has anybody ever hung around anybody like that besides me? And you know, the next thing you know, I mean, I've already gone into situations where I was feeling real good, real upbeat, everything going good. And you get around somebody that's gloomy, gloomy, gloomy. And the next thing you know, that old gloomy thing jumps off on me and I'm gloomy, gloomy too. And then also too, there's been times where I've been gloomy, gloomy, gloomy. And I've got around somebody that was upbeat, had the spirit of faith about them. And that spirit of faith jump off on me and I'm just, I'm just doing better, you see. So we need to hang around people that have a spirit of faith. Bartimaeus, you know, look here in Mark ten forty six. They came to Jericho. Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude. It's with him, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, now see, he heard something there. He began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried all the more. What do we see there? We see a spirit of faith, don't we? He cried all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still. See, people that have a spirit of faith about them will cause Jesus to stand still. I don't know about you, but I want to cause Jesus to stand still. I want to cause him to stand still and, 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 and pay attention to what it is I need from him. And so uh, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then he called the blind man, saying to him, be a good cheer, rise. He's calling you. Now, if you read this in, in I think there's a, another account of it where they tried to shut him up. Do you know that people with a spirit of faith about them, you can't shut them up? I mean, you can't shut them up for their exuberance that they have for the Lord. And their exuberance that, that, that that's flowing out of them, you know. And uh, 
Well, actually, they warned him to be, it's right there in front of me. They warned him, warned him to be quiet. Bartimaeus, shh, shh, shh. Don't be so loud. Be quiet. I thought, I, I thought that was in one of the other accounts, but it's right here in front of me. I better clean my glasses off and I guess I couldn't see that. Notice verse 48. They warned him to be quiet. But you see, people with a spirit of faith, they're not, they're, you're, you're not going to be able to quiet them down. You understand? I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to, like in a room, I'm not saying they're going to be in a room, you know, like in a classroom where I used to teach, you know, class and, and used to teach math. You know, you need to be quiet in those instances. Pay attention to the teacher. I had a lot of students, you know, they'd be talking when I was teaching. That's obnoxious. I'm not talking about being obnoxious, but, but, uh, people with a spirit of, real spirit of faith, they won't be obnoxious, but they're going to, they're, they're not going to let the devil or anybody else shut them up. Can you say amen? And so they said, be quiet, be quiet. But he cried out all the more. And so much so that it caused Jesus to stand still, verse 49, and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying, be a good cheer, rise. He's calling you and throwing aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, teacher, master, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your what? Your Faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? You know, I'll just throw this in as well. I see this as I study the gospel accounts. When people got touched by Jesus, they got healed by Jesus. They didn't go off and do their own thing. They got, they got delivered by Jesus and then they'd follow him and try to serve him the rest of their life. Isn't that wonderful? I've had so many folks come by here over the last 20 some odd years and they'll have some need, you know, and, and by the power of God, we'll be able to help them in some way or another. And then they just want to go back off and do their own thing. No, people that really get truly touched by the Lord, it changes them and then they want to serve him the rest of their life. Isn't that wonderful? See, we're, we're saved to serve, not to just go out and do our own thing. Can you say amen? People that really get touched by the Lord, they want to serve him. And, and we see that with the maniac of Gadara. I don't even have that in my notes, but how many of you remember the maniac of Gadara? Remember that? He, he had all that legion of demons in him, you know, and Jesus came by. I mean, he was in such bad shape. He, they, he was up in the, in, in, in the tombs. Remember that? And they had him chained up and he'd break the chains and whatnot. He was wild out of his mind. How many remembers that? And, and Jesus came by, long story short, set him free, set him completely and totally free. And he was sitting there in his right mind and all the people were amazed and remember when Jesus got ready to go that that maniac he didn't want to leave Jesus he wanted to stay right there with him he wanted to go with him how many remembers that and Jesus told him he said no go home and tell your friends what good things the Lord's done for you point I'm trying to make is people that really get touched by the Lord that really thoroughly get touched by the Lord truly get touched by the Lord want to serve him the rest of their life And I think one reason people don't get touched more by the Lord than what they do is because they just want to get zapped. They want to get, get whatever it is they need, then go do their own thing. But notice again, verse 52. Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So you see, Bartimaeus had a spirit of faith about him, didn't he? They couldn't shut him up. Couldn't quiet him. Here's some, look at Mark, the second chapter in the second verse. Let's go there. Just looking at some people that had a spirit of faith. 
you know, somebody said, you know, Pastor, I wish I could hang around Bartimaeus. I wish I could hang around some of these people that you're reading about. Well, you can. Just get in the Word of God and spend your time in the Word of God. You can spend all the time you want around these people. They're right there in the Bible. If you've got a Bible, you can spend time with these people. Notice here in Mark 2, verse 2, immediately they gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even at the door, and he preached the word to them. Notice Jesus is preaching the word to them. I don't see where it says he was there to entertain them. You missed a good chance to say amen right there. I don't see where he was telling them jokes or... Funny little stories. Nothing wrong with stories and things, but we need to put the word first, don't we? And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about people that have a spirit of faith about them. They couldn't get to Jesus any other way, so they tore off the roof. Now, if you tear the roof off this place, you're going to give my wife a nervous breakdown. She's going to, what are we going to, what are we going to, probably me too, you know. Particularly after we painted, had everything painted, now you're going to mess up the paint job. But you see, people that really have a spirit of faith and they want to get to Jesus, they'll mess up a paint job, they'll mess up a roof, it doesn't matter. They're going to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. Can you say amen? And they couldn't come near him because of the crowd. They uncovered the roof. Where he was. So when they'd, they'd broken through, these guys had a spirit of faith. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Verse 5, Jesus saw their, what did he see? He saw their faith. Now other people, now, now think about this. See, God doesn't see things the way we see them a, a lot of times. If you just looked in at that, you'd, you'd see four guys that were crazy. But Jesus saw four guys that had what? Faith. Would you agree with me that somebody that's going to get up on a roof and tear up the roof to lower somebody down has got to have a spirit of faith? I remember the story. It's a true story. A pastor friend of mine many years ago, I wasn't at the church, but this pastor friend of mine told me this story. And he was, uh, the, the, the building they were getting ready to, they needed to, they were thinking about, they were in the very preliminary stages. They hadn't even drawn up the plans, but they were going to uh, build on to the church. And uh, the pastor preached about, you know, having a spirit of faith and that we're going to build on to the church and, and that we need more room. And, and, and then he said, you know, that wall over there, he said, uh, the plans are going to be, we, we, we think we're going we're to tear that wall out and, and put the addition on over that away, you see. And so he was preaching to his congregation that morning about, you know, these sorts of things. And so after the service, the pastor goes back to his office and he hears this. He thought, what it, what it, what it sounded like a motorcycle, but it really wasn't a motorcycle. He hears a. And so he comes out of his office and he looks out in the parking lot. And there's this fellow out there who had gone in the back of his truck and he pulled out a chainsaw. And he revved that baby up. And the pastor goes out there and said, what are you going to do with that chainsaw? He said, pastor, you said we need to take that wall out of the side of the building. He said, I'm ready to go. Let's cut that baby out right now. Now, well, you see, that guy had a spirit of faith about him. 
Now, maybe he was a, was a few bricks shy of a load, I don't know. But he had a spirit of faith about him. Now, I'll tell you the truth about it. You can get more done with somebody like that than you can with a bunch of wet blankets. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? A bunch of woe is me. We can never get the job done. We'll never be able to do it. I'd rather have a few like, 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 you know, these guys here. Uh, one preacher preaches a story and he, t- he preaches about this story and he calls these guys, uh, these f- crazy friends. You know, we all need some crazy friends that have a spirit of faith. Is that right? You can get more done with people that, that have a spirit of faith about them that maybe they're gonna take a, take a, a, a chainsaw and cut the side out. I mean, you know, okay, he probably shouldn't have had the chainsaw there, you know. But be that as it may, you can get more stuff done with somebody like that than you can with a bunch of wet blankets. Remember, it's a whole lot easier to tame wildfire than it is to raise the dead, isn't it? Did you hear what I just said? I said it's a whole lot easier to tame a little wildfire than it is to raise the dead. You know, I, I've dealt so much over the years with, well, we can't do it, Pastor. We can't do it, Pat. We can't get it done. We can't do it. No, no, no. With, you know, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Is that right? If the Lord told us to do it, we can do it. Is, is that right? Now, I understand you can get out beyond the Word of God and, and then get over into crazy stuff. I'm not talking about that. But if God told you to do it, bless God, we can do it. Is that right? And so we need to have a spirit of faith about us. And I guess that guy with the chainsaw, he had a spirit of faith about him, didn't he? And these guys here in Mark 2, they would have liked to have had a chainsaw. They didn't have chainsaws back in that day. I don't know how they tore the roof off, but they tore it off nonetheless. And they, they, they you know, we all need some crazy friends like this guy here, this paralytic, you know. Because I don't think he'd have got healed without his friends. Is that right? Because he'd have never been able to get to Jesus. Is that right? So you need to hang around people that have a spirit of faith about them. And I tell you what, it can really do you some some wonderful good. Go to Hebrews 11. Let's just talk about a few more people. I won't go on too much longer, but let's spend a little more time in the Word of God. Let's talk about uh, some more people who have a spirit of faith. And as we read about these, let 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 this get off on you. What's on these people, let it get off on you. Now, I don't want you to go out and cut the, cut the roof off with a chainsaw. Ain't nobody got a chainsaw here today. Is that, no, okay, all right. No, you got a chainsaw with you today? No, don't cut the roof off. But nonetheless, Abel, let's look at verse 4. Um, while you're in Hebrews 11, we could throw verse 1 up there while we're at it. Let's just throw verse 1 up there and let's read. What does it say now? Faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we already talked about that, didn't we? And if you go down to verse 6, I think it's verse 6, says, without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. For for he who comes to God must what? Believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. See? So just some scriptures we talked about earlier. But now look at verse 4. Notice here, by faith, now what are we talking about? We're talking about, real loud, say the spirit of faith. Talking about the spirit of faith. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. See, in, in, in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you got a bunch of people mentioned. And these are all people you find in the Old Testament. And they all had a spirit of faith about them. And Abel here is somebody that had a spirit of faith about him. And it says here, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now... You need to understand that 
notice it's talking about a sacrifice here. I've learned this over the years. Uh, people that, uh, that tithe, it takes a spirit of faith to be a tither. Did you know that? Did you hear what I just said? It takes a spirit of faith to be a tither. I mean, to really be a, 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 a tither, somebody that does it in line with the scripture, it takes a spirit of faith to do that. How many of you know tithing makes no sense to the natural mind? How can you give 10% away and come out, come out ahead? How, it doesn't make sense mathematically. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. But when you tithe, what you do is, is you give God an avenue to move in your finances. I don't know about you, but I want God moving in my finances. See, a lot of people preach that, you know, well, if, 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 if you tithe, you're under a curse. Well, that's true, all right, but God's not out to get, to get you and do you harm. What, what, it, what that curse really is, is if you refuse to tithe, you don't give God an avenue into your finances. And that's cursing enough, isn't it? I want God involved in my finances. And that's how you, that's, that, that's, that's how, how you, how you begin getting God involved with your finances is with tithing. And it takes a spirit of faith to do it. And notice Abel, it said, by faith, he offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And you go back to the Old Testament, look at it, much we could say. But you, you'll see, now listen to this, Abel offered his first and his best to God. You know, it takes faith to offer your first and your best, doesn't it? I said it takes faith to offer the first and the best. And Abel had a spirit of faith about him. And we could go on and say much about it, but let's go on to the next one. Notice verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, Enoch was another individual who had a spirit of faith about him. And he walked with God. And, and it notices that he had this testimony. And what he did is he just continually, as, as I study into him, the Bible doesn't tell us that much about him. It, 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 the book of Jude says that he prophesied and said, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment. But beyond that, we don't know that much about Enoch other than he walked with God. He pleased God and he had a testimony. And I think what he did is he just kept getting tested. And like the one good preacher said, you turn your tests into testimonies. Can you say Amen. And so he just had so much faith about him that every time a test came along, he was victorious over it and turned the test into a testimony. Praise God. That's, that's what I think there's some people in here now. You're facing some tests, but you're going to stand in faith, bless God, and you're going to turn the test into a testimony. Can you say amen? amen? And that's what you do. See, when you have a spirit of faith about you, the test will be turned into a testimony. You see, a test will come, but you'll have that spirit of faith about you. You'll operate in the principles of faith. You'll have the spirit of faith about you. You'll receive from God what you need to receive from Him. And then you'll turn the test into a testimony, and you'll stand up one day and give God a testimony of how He delivered you through the test. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. You see, so Enoch, he just, and I tell you what, he pleased God so much, he had such a spirit of faith about him, that one day God just took him, bless God. It just, he just caught him away to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? 
He'll come back, I believe, in the book of Revelation. I believe he'll come back as one of the two witnesses. You know, God has more work for him down the road. But, but all I can tell you today is, bless God, he had a, he had a spirit of faith about him. I want to have a spirit of faith about me. How about you? And then in the seventh verse, you know, we see Noah. Notice the seventh verse, we see Noah. Hebrews 11, 7. The Bible says, by faith, Noah. How many remembers who Noah is? You know, he built the ark. And, uh, notice here, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so he was divinely warned of things. Now, we're talking about Noah. Things not yet seen. Notice what he did. He moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Notice somebody that has a spirit of faith about him will move when they hear from God. They'll move with godly reverence and they'll prepare and they'll get ready when in the natural it makes no sense to do so. Did you get what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? See, people that have a spirit of faith about them, when, 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 when God speaks to them, they'll begin to prepare even though it makes no sense in the natural to do so. See, like Noah, what a lot of people don't realize is up till the time of Noah, it had never rained on the earth up to that time. It had never, it had, it, 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 there had never been any major rain or rain, what I see in the Bible, up to that time. But yet God told him to prepare an ark, that there was a flood coming. But yet, to the natural thinking, to the natural mind, it would make no sense to build an ark. Why would we need to build an ark? It's never rained before. Why do we need, well, you do it because God said do it, you see. You don't need anything else other than what did God tell you to do? Did you hear what I just said? Just what did God tell me to do, see? And that's what Noah, God told him to build an ark. And uh, he prepared and he got ready. I think of one preacher that, that he's fairly well known now. But back many years ago, he had nowhere to preach. No invites, no nothing. But yet the Lord directed him to start getting sermons ready. Start getting messages ready. Well, see, somebody that doesn't have a spirit of faith will say, well, Lord, I don't, why, why should I get sermons ready? I have nowhere to preach. I have nowhere to go. No invites. I'm going to wait until I get invited to go preach somewhere, and then I'll start preparing my sermons. See, that's not faith. I said, that's not faith. Did you hear what I just said? I said, that's not faith. Faith gets ready when, when you don't have any invitations. Faith gets ready when you don't have anywhere to preach. Did you hear, did you under, you get what I'm saying? Faith gets ready. And so what this guy did is he just started preparing his messages. He had nowhere to preach, no invitation, nowhere to go. But he just started getting, getting his messages together. And he was studying and studying and studying. And he said, you know, I had these thoughts go through. Why are you, why are you studying? Why are you getting these messages together? I got nowhere to preach, got nowhere to go. Well, you do it because God said do it. And so he, he prepared and he studied and he got ready. And then all of a sudden, the phone started ringing. And he started getting in. He got an invite over to this church. He went there and then he got an invite over to that church. And then, and then the word of mouth. And he got an invite to another place. And now he's, he's got a pretty big ministry throughout the, throughout the nation. Isn't that, isn't that something? You see, faith prepares and gets ready. I don't know about you, but I want to have a spirit of faith. I want to be surrounded by people that have a spirit of faith. And then, of course, verse 8, Abraham, notice in verse 8, Abraham, he obeyed when he was called to go out to the place 
which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. See, there, there you have it again. Faith will get ready. Faith will obey God. Faith will go and do what God says do when you don't know how it's all going to turn out. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I like to know every step of the way. I like for God to tell me everything that's going to happen, you know, the next 10 years, the next 20 years. How many of you know God doesn't work that way? Well, the way God works, the way this thing works is God will just tell you to head off that direction there. And you take the first step and he won't tell you about the second step and tell you what? Take the first step. And then he won't tell you about the, 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 the third step and tell you what? Take the, that's just the way this works. That's faith. If he tells you everything ahead of time, then it's not faith. And a lot of times, you know, if he would tell us everything up front, it'd blow our mind and we wouldn't be able to do it anyway. See, so that's why God will just take us one step at a time. And so Abraham, that's what happened with him. God told him to leave his household, leave where he was, go out to a place that I'll show you. And he obeyed. And he did so not knowing where he was going. See, it takes a spirit of faith to do that. And then in verse 10, it says he waited. See, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Something else you need to know, and you need to really listen to this now. When you, when you got a spirit of faith about you, there's times that God will tell you to move. And then there's other times God will tell you to wait. Did you know a lot of times it's harder to wait than it is to move? I mean, when you're dealing with God, timing is everything. I've learned this over the years. And there, and, and the way God sets things up, sometimes He'll have a wind, He'll have a door that He's going to have open for you ten years down the road. But you've got to start taking steps, baby steps, way back yonder, to get you ready for that window that He opens for you down the road. Did you understand? Did you get what I just said there? And along the way, there's sometimes where along the way, God will tell you to wait. Just don't do anything. I've already seen people that they wouldn't wait. They just kept going. We just always got to be doing something. 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 How many of you know you don't always got to be doing something? A lot of times it takes more faith to wait, like I said, than it does to be moving all the time. And I've already seen people... Where that window that opened, that God, that window or door that God would have open for him down the road 10 years, the door opened, but they weren't ready to walk through it because you see, they, they, they never got to the point where they could walk through the door. They were out of the timing, see, because they never did start moving back when God told them to move. And then I've seen the other side of it too, where people moving so fast, so fast, always gotta do something, always gotta do something, always gotta do something. That, 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 that they pass up that, they pass up that thing that God had for them. They're 10 miles past it, you know. They've already got out of the timing of God and they miss out on the whole thing. How many of you know we need to move when God says move and we need to wait when God says wait? And I'll tell you, it takes more faith a lot of times to wait, not do anything than it does to move. Do you need to, do you need to, there's some people in here need to hear what I just said there. Because you see, a lot of times people have this impression that we always got to be doing something. Always got to be doing something to please God. We always got to be doing something to please God. Always got to be doing something. Well, there's a truth in that, you know. We don't want to just sit around on our blessed assurance all the time. 
and never be doing anything. There's a lot of Christians that are doing that. But then I've seen other people get ditched on the other side of the road where they just got to be doing something all the time. No, we need to hear from God. It takes a spirit of faith to move and obey and move. And then it takes a spirit of faith to just wait. The key is hearing from God. Key to success in life is hearing from God and being led by the Spirit. That's the key to success, is being led by God, led by the Spirit. And then notice something else about Abraham in verse 15. Notice, and truly, if they, talking about him and his wife Sarah, if they had called to mind that country from which they'd come out, they would have had opportunity to return. People that have a spirit of faith about them are not always living in the past. How many of you know we can learn from our past, but we shouldn't live in our past? We must learn from our past, but we should not live in the past. And that's something I've had to deal with in my life. I tend to live in the past, live in the past, live in the past, live in the past. That's one thing. That's one reason like in golf. My good friend Richard, by the way, Richard Newstead, his wife Jackie's here today. He's my golfing buddy. He's got one of the greatest jewelry stores in all of St. Louis. If you need any jewelry worked on, go see Richard. Free plug, won't charge you anything for that. But in golf, and Richard will tell you, if you really want to be good at golf, among other things, you have to be able to forget the last shot that was a bad shot. You have to be able to forget it and move on. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever played golf with me, you know, sometimes I'll hit a bad shot on the first hole and I'm still grinding over it on the eighth hole. You gotta leave that shot on the, that bad shot. You gotta leave it behind, you see. You gotta forget about it. And I always had trouble forgetting about that. I, I, I'm, why did, you know, or, or you got a 10 foot putt, it's nice and level, the greens aren't real fast, and you three putt from 10 feet. I mean, you, you, but you know, you gotta let that go, and you gotta move on. And I, and I had tr- trouble, why did I three putt? I'm still on the eighth hole, why did I, why did I, why, why did I three putt? You know, and so, but you're never gonna be successful at golf, if, uh, if that's the way you, you look at things. You got to be able to forget. You ask any of those champion golfers, they'll tell you, you know, uh, you know, I hit a bad shot there, but I forgot about it and I moved on. And the same thing's true in life, you know, you, you, you can't be living in the past. You learn from the past, but you gotta not live in the past. Now I had another friend of mine, and if you understand this, you may not get this humor that I'm about to try to attempt on you, but this, uh, golf pro, that uh, I grew up playing golf with. He was a real neat guy. He, and, and one thing I'll, 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 I'll tell you about him is that he had independent vision, you know. And it took me a long time to be able to look at him because he's got one eye goes one way and the other guy eye goes the other way. He's a golf pro. And so he has one eye that looks straight and one eye that goes out this way. And I had a real t- hard time talking to him because when I taught, when I was a kid, I met this guy. And so I, I, I look at him, but the one eye was coming this way, the other guy is going the other way. And I love the guy. He's a good friend of mine. Comes over every year for Thanksgiving. Tommy, I love him to pieces. But when I looked at him, I'd always want to go around this way, you know. So I, and so I'd look at him, I'd always want to go around this way. And so I learned you just gotta look him right straight in the one eye. Don't even look at the other eye, you see. It's real interesting to watch him try to thread a needle. It was really crazy. But anyway, that, but he always used to say, you know, it's because of my eyes. That's why I'm such a good putter. He said, because I can have one eye on the ball and the other eye on the hole when I'm putting, see. 
<laughs> he was a great putter. He really was. <laughs> he really was a great putter. And watching him plug something in, it was really funny to plugging in a plug. But I'd always ask him, you know, because we'd be getting ready to play golf later that day. We're talking about forgetting things that are behind, and I'm still grinding on, on the shot, you know, that I hit, you know, three holes ago that I hit bad. So I'd ask him, I'd say, Tommy, because we'd be getting ready to play golf later that day, and I'd say, Tommy, you're awful quiet. I said, what? You probably won't get this humor, but I'm going to try it, see if you get it. I said, Tommy, I said, what are you, what are you thinking about? You're awful quiet. He said, I'm already eight under. I said, what do you mean you're eight under? I'm eight under par. I'm on the 16th hole. I've already played those 16 holes in my mind. I'm eight under par. You talk about positive thinking. No, he never shot eight under, but at least he was thinking right. It's like one preacher said, I'd rather aim for 100% and get, get, get 80 than shoot for 50% and get it all. Is that right? Think about that. He was a nice man. But you see, you have to have some positive, you have to have some positivity about you if you're going to walk with God. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking, but I tell you what, faith is positive. It is positive and you need to, you need to think right. You know, it's not, it's not, I like one preacher, he preached this message, he called it a can-do kid. Paul said, I can do all things who cry, through Christ who strengthens me, you know. And there's this one preacher, he got a shirt that said, can-do kid. Well, I'd rather be a can-do kid than a can't-do kid, right? See? So, so we have to be able to move with God, move when God says move, wait when he says wait, forget those things that are behind. You Okay? You getting anything out of this? Now, it, it, look, I need to close this up real quick. Verse 24. Moses, just people that had a spirit of faith about him. In verse 20, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. People that have a spirit of faith about him aren't concerned with having titles. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't. Well, it didn't impress him to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Moses, you know, he, he, remember he was next in line to be the Pharaoh. Remember that? He was next in line to be the Pharaoh. Now you think about this. Just think if he hadn't have obeyed God. One thing I've learned about God, if you won't obey him, in the process of time, he'll get somebody else to do the job that he wants you to do. You need to understand that. And Moses was next in line to be the Pharaoh. But he heard the voice of God. He heard the, 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 he had that calling on his life. And he obeyed God. And so he led the, we'll read about it here in just a moment. He read the, he led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. Remember that? How many remembers that? And then right after that, guess what? The Pharaoh, who Moses would have been if he hadn't obeyed God, he went, the Pharaoh went out in that Red Sea and got what? Got, got drowned. So if Moses hadn't obeyed God, he'd have been the Pharaoh, he'd have got drowned. I bet he was glad that he obeyed God. Do you ever think about that? It pays to serve God, doesn't it? I'll just throw this in for a little extra too. What were those uh, Egyptians doing to the little babies that were born? They were drowning them in the sea, is that right? And guess what happened? All those years later, God drowned them in the sea. Think about that. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He made some choices. 
He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Sin is pleasurable, but just for a season, then it'll kill you. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, he looked, notice what, he looked to the reward. If you have a spirit of faith about you, you're going to keep your eye on Jesus and the reward. He is the reward. By faith, notice he forsook Egypt. We talked about that. Not fearing. See, if you've got a spirit, you're either going to have a spirit of fear about you. You know the Bible talks about a spirit of fear. The Bible says God has not given us what? The spirit of Fear. You're either going to have a spirit of fear about you or a spirit of faith about you. You're going to have one or the other, but you can't have both. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to have a spirit of faith about me. And I want to hang around people that have a spirit of faith about him. You understand that? So anyway, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He endured. See, if you have a spirit of faith about you, you will endure. As seeing him who is invisible, you keep your eyes on God. Notice verse 25. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. We just talked about that. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do were drowned. Interesting, isn't it? And we know they didn't have a spirit of faith about them. And they drowned. See, if you don't have a spirit of faith about you, if you have a spirit of faith about you, you'll pass through. But if you don't, you'll wind up drowning. And then verse 30, Joshua, how many remembers uh, Moses' successor, Joshua? By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Now, you think about that. Now, that didn't make any sense to the natural mind, did it? Jericho, that big walled city, the biggest and meanest and baddest walled city fortified, what did God tell the people to do? He said, go around the city once a day for six days. On the seventh day, go seven, and then blow the trumpets and shout. Now, that makes no sense, does it? Absolutely no sense whatsoever. It does, does it make any sense to tell the, remember the prophet told, told Naaman, go dip in the river seven times, you come up clean? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Why can't I dip once? Why can't I dip twice? How about three times? Why do I have to go to that river? Can't I just go to my bathtub? No, you need to obey God, do what he says do. And then the guy finally went, he came up the seventh time, and he was clean. Can you say amen? See, it takes faith. And so Joshua had them do it. Once a day, they circled the city of Jericho. Once a day, right around those walls. Once a day for six days. Seventh day, they went around seven, blew the trumpets and shouted. And what happened to the walls? They fell down. If you want the walls in your life that are, that are blocking you up to fall down, you need to get a spirit of faith about you. Obey God and the walls will come down. Notice verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon. How many of you know Gideon had an army? Much we could say about him. He had an inferiority complex. But if you have an inferiority complex, get a spirit of faith about you and you can overcome the inferiority complex, you see. And he he got the spirit of faith about him. He got over the inferiority complex and he had an army of 32,000 soldiers and it was too many. Long story short, they wheedled him down to 300 and went out and won the battle. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? But I tell you what, I'd rather have 300 men with a spirit of faith faith about him than 32,000 cowards. How about you? I'd rather have 300 can-doers than 32,000. Well, maybes, or we'll think about it, or we might. It goes on and talks about Barak and Samson and Jephthah. Most people never, never heard about Jephthah. It's right there in the Bible. Study it out. You know why he had a spirit of faith about him? Because he was a man of his word. He was a man of his word. People that have a spirit of faith about them are people of their word. 
I haven't met too many people that were people of their word over the many, many years. I think God's looking for that among all of us. Where a handshake and a word is all that we need. That our word is our bond. And it talks about David. How many of you know he killed a giant? giant. Didn't David have a spirit of faith about him? Sure he did. Samuel, the prophets, verse 33, who through faith subdued, through what? 33, through faith, see? Subdued kingdoms, work righteous, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. That'd be Daniel, wouldn't it? He had a spirit of faith. They told him he couldn't pray. Stop praying. What did he do? He, he, he kept praying, didn't he? Three times a day. Yeah, but if you keep praying, they're going to throw you in the lion's den. How many of you know the Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man? And in the den he went. And what happened? God sent the angel and shut the lion's mouth. Why? Because Daniel had a spirit of faith. Verse 34 talks about quench the violence of fire. Who's that talking about? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know why they were fireproof? You know why they didn't burn? You know why? I'll tell you why. They had a spirit of faith about them. And you know you know how I know that? Because they said this. They said, because the king said, if you don't bow when the music plays, you're going in the fiery furnace. They said, well, we're not going to bow. And the king says, well, I'll stoke the fire up seven times hotter. You're going to go in there. And they said, king, let me tell you something. We're not going to bow. Because we know our God is well able to deliver us. But here's now... I still hadn't got to the point of showing you why they were fireproof. They were fireproof because they made this statement right here. They said, King, our God is able to deliver us, but here's why they were fireproof. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. And that made them fireproof. That was a spirit of faith coming out their mouth. And they got in that fire and Jesus showed up. Son of God. Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and said, whoa. He said, I thought we put three in there. There's another guy in there. There's a fourth man in the fire furnace. Second member of the Trinity. Isn't that wonderful? And they, they were so delivered. The ropes burned off of them. They didn't burn. They came out on the other side. They didn't even smell smoke. Isn't that wonderful? Escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. That's talking about Elisha. How many of you know Elisha? He was surrounded by the enemies, the Syrians. Remember that? And his servant came out there and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? See, people that don't have a spirit of faith about them are always going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, 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 and Elisha said, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, there's more that be with us than be with them. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Lord opened his eyes and he saw in the spirit there were chariots of fire all around you see and God delivered them isn't that wonderful struck the Syrians with blindness and the prophet and his servant and the people of God were delivered isn't that wonderful but see people that have a spirit of faith about them will say there's more that be with us than be with the enemy and you know that's true there's more that's on our side than with the, with the devil Women received, and look at verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. How many of you remember that lady under Elisha's ministry and her baby died? Remember that? 
I mean, what really happened actually is she was, she was childless and Elisha came along and she just wanted to do something good for him. They built a room on. How many remembers that? And Elisha would stay there when he'd come through that area. And after much time of doing that, he, he wanted to do something nice for the lady. And so he said to his servant, go find out if she needs anything. And the servant went over there and said, well, uh, uh, I came and comes back. Said I, he came back from talking to the lady. He said to Elisha, I went and talked to her. They don't need anything. And Elisha goes over there, long story short, he, he noticed they didn't have a child. He said, about this time next year, you're going to have a baby. How many of you know she had a baby? Is that wonderful? But then later on, that child died. Now, that's sad. But she made a trip to where the prophet was, and she went to Elisha, talking about a spirit of faith now. Her child's back home dead. She shows up, and Elisha says, How is it? How is it? And guess what she said? She said, it is, is what? See, people with a spirit of faith about them can can be staring death right in the face and they'll say what? It is well. People with a spirit of faith about them can be absolutely bankrupt, spirit of death, everything else going on, everything, I mean, everything is crumbled and falling down around them and they'll stand and they'll say, by faith, it is what? It's what? It's well. So I tell you what, have a spirit of faith about you today. No matter what the doctors have said, no matter what this one said, no matter what that one said, no matter what the checking account saying or isn't saying, you know, I mean, stand up in the power of God and by faith, what does the Bible say? Let the weak say, I am strong. And, and, and it, maybe the situation isn't well. What do you say? It is well. See, let me tell you this. Faith does not deny the problem exists faith deals with the problem somebody in here needed to say that how many of you know when that giant was out there did david ignore the giant no he dealt with the giant see faith some people misunderstand and they they, they think faith is is ignoring or denying the problem faith does not ignore the problem faith does not deny the problem faith does not ignore the sickness faith does not deny the sickness faith deals with it and defeats it because faith draws the power of god onto the situation you see did you hear what i just said and see, a lot of people misunderstand faith and they think it's, they think we're teaching, well, deny the problem, deny it's there, deny that the bills are there. No, faith doesn't deny the bills are there. Now, now how many of you know you gotta do some natural things? If you're just running up debt all over the place, how many of you know you gotta do some natural things in the, uh, right in the, in the, in the financial realm or you're gonna go under? Is that right? See, there's a natural side to finances. There's a spiritual side to it. Same thing with, with, with your physical body. How many of you know if I took a hammer up here and I just whapped my thumb with a hammer and then said, God, heal it, and he healed it, and then I took and I whapped it again and said, heal. How many of you know that's just stupidity, isn't it? See, so there's natural things we have to have in order. There's spiritual things we have to have in order. But if we're walking in the light of the word that we have, we're doing everything we know in the natural, doing everything we know in the spirit realm that we know to do. We're walking with God and maybe things start crumbling around and, and this is going wrong, that's going wrong. What do we do? We stand up and we say, it is what? It is, it's what? Say, it is what? It is what? It's well. It takes faith to do that. And then the devil will always have the naysayers come around. And say, well, it's not well. Didn't you see this? Didn't you see that? Didn't you? How do you feel this? All this kind of stuff? No, 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 no. Don't listen to all that. It is what? 
is what? Yeah, but the doctor said it is what? Yeah, but they're dead. What is, what is, that's how she got her son raised back to life. Said it's well. And he went over there, talking about Elisha, he went over there and raised, her, raised him back up. Isn't that wonderful? See, in the Apostle Paul, he said this. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that a spirit of fear or a spirit of faith? He said, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Is that fear or faith? He said, nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. Is that fear or faith? He said, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that fear or faith? He said, I fought the good, here's how you want to end your life. He said, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Is that fear or faith? It's easy questions, but you got them all right. You got 100%. Don't you wish all the questions were that easy when you're in school? Did you get anything out of this today? Stand with me if you would. I preached a little long, but it's okay. It's the word of God. Any time spent in the word of God is not lost time. Hallelujah. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your savior, there is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're